You're listening to Radio Diaries. This is Joe. And I'm excited to tell you about the newest show in the Radiotopia family. It's called The Recipe with Kenji and Deb. I'm sure a lot of you listen to podcasts while cooking. Well, The Recipe is the podcast that will teach you how to be a better cook with tips from two seasoned pros, pun intended. Hosted by Kenji Lopez-Alt of The Walk and Deb Perlman of Smitten Kitchen, The Recipe not only lets you learn new recipes, but also teaches you techniques and secret ingredients that'll up your cooking from just okay to restaurant quality. So welcome them to the Radiotopia family. Find The Recipe with Kenji and Deb right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Radio Diaries is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. We also have support from Indeed. Instead of spending weeks searching for talent, Indeed matches you with quality candidates that fit your job description. Plus, you can connect with candidates faster by scheduling interviews, screening, and messaging them all in one platform. To try it out, listeners to this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com diaries. Just go to Indeed.com slash diaries right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Radiotopia. From PRX. From PRX's Radiotopia, this is Radio Diaries. I'm Joe Richman. Today we're bringing you a story about the country of Myanmar. In this story, the military is in control of a once-democratic government, there are mass demonstrations in the streets, and the military is cracked down, killing protesters. But the story isn't about what's happening in Myanmar now. It takes place more than 30 years ago, when the country was still known as Burma, and it had the longest-running military dictatorship in the world. On August 8, 1988, a date chosen for its numerological power, University students called for a nationwide strike. They had been living under military rule their entire lives, and they had had enough. The uprising ultimately failed, but it planted the seeds of democracy. It was the moment Aung San Suu Kyi first appeared on the political scene and became the icon of the democracy movement. Today in the podcast, we take you back to the summer of 1988, a moment in Burma when change seemed possible. I'm Bert Levin. In 1988, I was the American ambassador in Rangoon, Burma. This was the strangest post I'd ever served in the Foreign Service. Since 1962, when the gates of the country were locked to the outside world, Burma has seemed frozen in time. There weren't any books. There wasn't any cultural life. The government remained in power through fear. It reached the point where people were unwilling to even mention the name of the dictator. And this was a government which had taken a very richly endowed nation and left its population increasingly poor. It was a sad situation. 
And now, in the summer of 1988, the population finally said enough is enough. My name is Ken Omar. In 1988, I was a student at the university studying chemistry. My name is Moti Zon. I was a student leader in Rangoon. Yes, young people. We were all like full of revolutionary spirit. We want some kind of freedom. Even we don't know exactly yet what is a democracy. We all started to wear white tops and black sarongs and start to look for allies in the neighborhood, in tea shops, you know, just with our eyes searching to see if anyone is like us. We just felt like, yes, 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 let's call for the change of this government. Chris Gunnis, recently in Burma, has just sent this report from the region. The students' overwhelming demand has been for multi-party democracy. There are reports tonight... My name is Christopher Gunnis, and in 1988, I was an underground BBC reporter in Burma. There was a huge feeling that the country was on the cusp of some revolutionary events, and the whole thing really took off with a general strike on the 8th of August in 1988. In the morning, on the 8th of 88, it was so quiet. Nobody was out on the street. And then you started to hear noises, you know. And then you started to see these people marching. It was like you were watching waves at the beach, getting closer to closer. We hold hand in hand and we started to sing our national song. I was so happy. This is the first time people talk freely. They talk how they feel and how they suffer. The whole of Burma was rising up. There were crowds of over one and a half million. I mean, the streets completely packed with people. I felt like, wow, this is amazing. We did it. In Burma, anti-government protests have continued overnight. Buddhist monks were reported urging on the crowds from their golden pagodas with speeches against oppression. Contingents of heavily armed troops are being deployed. There's been sporadic shooting, but the demonstrators seem undeterred. People were scared, but at the same time, the momentum continued to increase. The Buddhist monks, the housewives' union, you know, <laughs> they were all joining on the street. There are reports tonight that the government may be on the verge of major concessions. Certainly, all are agreed that immediate action is needed if the rising tide of unrest is to diminish. As a concession, the Burmese military said that they would hold elections. Because we didn't trust the government's lip service at that time, we knew that we couldn't uh, just sit back and wait for the democracy to come to us. So we need a leader. But where is our leader? It's August 1988. Demonstrators hold aloft a photograph of the country's anti-colonial hero, General Aung San. It's on this day, before this vast crowd, that his daughter, Aung San Suu Kyi, takes on his political mantle. Now, Aung San Suu Kyi, this is the daughter of the George Washington of Burmese independence. She had effectively exiled herself from Burma. She was not welcomed in Burma by the regime. She had married an Englishman. 
She was in the country by sheer coincidence. And while she was there, this outbreak takes place. And she steps out and makes a public speech. At first, I have some doubt about Aung San Suu Kyi because she has no experience being in Burma. She got her university degree from the Oxford University in England. I think she must not be our leader. But I listened to her speech. She said, this is true, I married to the foreigner British gentleman, but now I am ready to sacrifice whole of my life for my country, for the democracy. How she loved our country, how she loved our people. I, you know, I changed my mindset. She could capture the crowd. She has that charisma. So I thought, oh my God, this is the leader we've been looking for many, many years. May I ask, how come you involved in this movement? Well, I think it's a movement in which everybody should be involved because the good of the country is the concern of everybody. I think that in every country, we must hold on to the principles of right and justice and unity. Thank you. Thank you. Starting about two weeks ago, many soldiers joined the demonstrations demanding an end to 26 years of dictatorship. Opposition leader Aung San Suu Kyi encouraged more to defect. My name is Miu Mien. I am former soldier. One day in 1988, there is a demonstration in front of the military base. And one of my friends asked me, hey, you are former soldier. You should go up on the stage and talk to the soldier. So I climbed up on the stage. At first, I was very afraid. The commander ordered all of the soldiers, be ready, load. But I started to talk to the soldier. I am a soldier like you. We should not fight each other. We are brother. During my speech, they listen very quietly. I look around. Their guns are drop, 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 drop down. I thought that time, if their commander ordered them to shoot me, they were denied to follow their officer. Before long, you had police units joining the demonstrations. You had the Burmese Navy. You had the Burmese Air Force. The actual machinery of the country, the administration, collapsed because you know civil servants stopped going to work. Instead, they joined the demonstrations on the street. The government, in its political ineptness, didn't seem to have the ability or the desire to work out some kind of negotiated end to this. They just kept stalling and stalling, and all these incidents finally sparked a massive crackdown. September 18th, the government announced from their TV and radio, from now on, Bama Army take over again. Instead of free elections tonight, it looks as though Burma may be in for a bloodbath. A new hardline president seized power. He ordered a curfew, banned demonstrations, and told the army to fire on protesters. The soldiers, when they kneel down and aim with their guns to the crowd, 
it is understood that they are about to shoot. But if you are ordered to kill your mother or your sister or brother, are you going to do it? That's my question. I remember it was in the afternoon Rangoon time and suddenly there was the most horrendous, terrifying sound. We could see from the embassy students cowering behind trees without any weapons and they were being shot. These students were running from the violence and the soldiers were running after them, shooting them as if it was on a rabbit hunt. It was bone chilling. We didn't even get the number of people that died. Nobody knew. The bodies that were shot, they were taken to the crematorium and they were burnt. Some parents, they are still wondering where their children are. After that military coup, our friends started to get arrested one after another, one after another. So many of us, we had no choice but to leave the country. So the mood completely changed. And about a year after, Aung San Suu Kyi was put under house arrest by the regime. The uprising of 88 was bloodier and larger scale than Tiananmen in China in 1989. But almost no one has ever heard of these uprisings. During 88, I got a bloodstained bullet. And I kept it for some time. I need a proof. <laughs> I need a proof, you know, to show that they shot at the people. This is a country. Every steps of the history hid under the carpet. So how can we even move forward? if the rulers of this country continue to be denying the real history of the country without the truth, we won't be able to move forward. It's estimated that 3,000 people died in Burma during the uprising of 1988. Another 3,000 were imprisoned by the regime. Aung San Suu Kyi was detained and spent two decades under house arrest. She was released in 2010, and her National League for Democracy Party has dominated national elections since. Suu Kyi remains widely popular in Myanmar, despite international criticism for not doing more to stop human rights abuses in the country. And now, with the recent military coup, Suu Kyi and other elected leaders have been detained again. Mass demonstrations are growing, protesters have been killed, and the story of 1988 seems more relevant than ever. Our story was produced by Bruce Wallace and Sarah Kate Kramer of Radio Diaries and edited by Deborah George and Ben Shapiro. The Radio Diaries podcast is produced by Nellie Gillis. Music in this episode from Bang on a Can, Jojo Nang, and Blue Dot Sessions. We are proud members of Radiotopia from PRX. We are also an independent, nonprofit, mission-driven organization. We make this work with support from the National Endowment for the Humanities, the National Endowment for the Arts, NISCA, and our loyal listeners like you. You can learn more at radiodiaries.org. I'm Joe Richman. Thanks for listening.
Radiotopia. Radiotopia.